escape me again. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess Romero is back in seat. You can't see him, but he's here. Brother Jess, are you with me? Yes, sir. And uh, we're getting the camera repaired. You're ready right to uh, report for duty here, I take it. Absolutely, Terry. Back on uh, back uh, reporting for duty. Good, uh, Jess. Good to, be, good to be back. Well, we're, get, we're going to get blessed by Jess's report from Baltimore, Maryland. He was with Bishop Joseph Strickland and the uh, church militants, folks that were praying the rosary for our church and for our leaders. We're going to get all of that. And also, special dialogue he had with an atheist, a very prominent scientist that I think is going to be fascinating. We're also going to talk about the fallout from Pope Francis' suspension of the ordination by France's most faithful bishop. It's an amazing it's an amazing story because it, it really shows, again, uh, the attack on traditional Catholicism. It's so sad. So we need to pray for Holy Mother of the Church. And by the way, this Sunday... We're going to have a special Mass praying for Bishop Strickland and the Holy Father. We're going to have Rat Mass, Rosary, Adoration. And then we're going to show Bishop Strickland's video on defending the faith on his six points that he made on his letter that we talked about before. But if you're in California and you want to come give us show your support for Bishop Strickland, come to a 5 o'clock Mass on this Sunday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in, Cal- in California. Uh, Jesse, uh, good to know, File. I'd really like to hear this. You were there. U.S. bishops affirm abortion is still the preeminent priority for the Catholic voters. And I know certain cardinals from San Diego are mad as you know what, but I'm glad they're sticking to their guns. What about well, you, Jess? Something else that's a good good news good to, good to know yeah. file mm-hmm. or good news file yes. is uh, the Vatican came down and said that you can't be a Catholic and a Freemason. Reaffirmed what was always said, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. And that's, good. that's, I mean, that's praise the Lord. That is, I, I, it's a good news story. Yeah. So it says Vatican concern confirms bans on Catholics becoming Freemasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's not, that's no small issue, Terry. So Ooh. I want to thank God for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was also, uh, and we'll talk about it on the. Yeah. I had I wanna, some fascinating conversations I, with. Yeah, you got to get time. Let's get the gospel in, Sheen, yeah. and then Jesse. I want to hear your trip to Baltimore because all of our listeners would like to hear that. So we have uh, the Gospel of Luke. If we could read from that, Jess. Absolutely. Please. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Luke chapter seventeen, verse twenty to twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Jesus said in reply, the coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed and no one will announce, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Mm -hmm. Then he said to to his disciples, the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the son of man, but you will not see it. There will be those who will say to you, look, there he is, or look, here he is. Do not go off, do not run in pursuit, for just as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must greatly suffer and be rejected by this generation, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
So Luke chapter 17, today's gospel, verse 20 to 22. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the, our Lord is talking about here about the coming of the kingdom and, and really what that means. And this is right after the, the Jesus cleanses the 10 lepers. So now he's talking about the coming of the kingdom. And one of the, one of basically what he's saying is, guess what? I am the kingdom. Guess what? When he says that the kingdom of God is in your midst, Mm -hmm. that's essentially saying I'm here. The Messiah is here. This is this expression, you know, uh, in your midst, it means the kingdom of God is among you. That's me. I am the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. I'm within your reach. And so it's you. Jesus is stressing the nearness of the kingdom of God. There's a paragraph in the catechism that says, wherever Jesus is, there is the kingdom of God. And that's why we as Catholics, we say, uh, we we say that Jesus uh, reigns right now under his Eucharistic reign. Mm -hmm. Jesus is reigning right now in every Catholic church under his Eucharistic reign. Also, in uh, today's gospel, something else that jumps out at me, where uh, our, our Lord talks about this, uh, that you, you're going to have this desire to see me. The disciples, uh, obviously, they're going to long to see the vindication of Jesus as uh, he basically is going to avenge the city that condemned him to a violent death. And it happened in 70 AD when Jerusalem was destroyed by, uh, by the Roman armies. And they probably won't see it firsthand, the apostles, because Jesus is going to order them to evacuate Jerusalem and free from Judea from the onset of the judgment. And that's that's the tradition of the church is that right before the temple was destroyed and Rome, the Roman soldiers came in to destroy Jerusalem, that city that had put our Lord to a violent death, that uh, they were warned by uh, they were warned by angels to flee to a city called Pella, which is north, uh, which is n- north of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And there, the Catholic Christians, kind of like Lot and his wife, they escaped from Sodom and Gomorrah. The Catholic Christians, they fled Jerusalem before 70 AD. They were warned by heaven, and they fled to a city called Pella. And, uh, and so, it, it, what does that mean for us? Well, that means that don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Our life is in the palm of Jesus' hands and he can handle it. Yep. Yeah. Don't live biting your fingernails with your knees knocking. <laughs> Jesus Christ is in control. You may think that he's asleep on the boat. He's not asleep. He's just watching us. And in his time and in his way, uh, he's going to come and make himself present. And also the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. In some way, shape or form, she will make herself present through the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the reign of Our Lady that's promised before the second coming of Christ, Harry. Well said. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Sheen. Oh, Sheen ahead. Yes, I'm going to talk about persecution because we have persecution from without of the church and within. Bishop Sheen says, One of the great mysterious facts that it is not generally known to the world is that wherever there is persecution on the account of the faith, it always results in a vast catch of souls for the kingdom of God. Tertullian was right when he said, the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. And you know, Jesse, 
Uh, we have a few minutes before the break. I would say that Archbishop Joseph Strickland, uh, his dismissal as the Bishop of Tyler, uh, is actually going to bear more fruit because God uses what I call bad, evil things that happen. I think it's evil that you take a good bishop out of a diocese. But God is going to use Bishop Strickland, I believe, in a very powerful way. And I think most of us, Jesse, can relate to that. You and I got fired off a national radio network, and we thought, oh, my gosh, it happened. And then we started Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and we both would agree we're doing more good for the church yeah. with VMPR than if we would have stayed at a, at a, a network that wanted to keep our mouth taped with, with um, uh, tape. So I would just say lots of people, Tim Gordon, we had— I did a show with him this morning on his show. He got fired as a school teacher in Bakersfield at a Catholic school. And so all these things happen that don't take it as, oh, oh, it's bad news. You know what I think? I think God is going to use all of these persecution in the church for a greater good. It might take some time, but that's my take. How about you, Jess? Yeah. Uh, in uh, Genesis 50. chapter 50, I yep. think it's like verse 20, I yep, think. I got it. Yes, Where right. jo Joseph, yep. uh, in the Old Testament, he was sold by his brothers story. into slavery. Yeah, his name was Joseph. Him, do you know another yeah. Joseph? Joseph Strickland, Amen. and uh, they told us that, "Hey, Dad, Dad, you know, uh, some a wild animal, you know, killed killed our brother," yeah, right. and the dad was obviously, you know, uh, uh, Israel was just weeping for his son, yeah. my son, my son. Well, they sold him off into slavery. And uh, the, the people that purchased them sold them off to the Egyptians. Yep. And he rose up the ranks, Terry. Yep. And he, uh, from being a slave, he became the second in command in, in, in Egypt under the Pharaoh or wow. next to the Pharaoh. Wow. So a famine hit the Middle East. And now the Israelites and Joseph's brothers, they're saying, man, we're going to starve to death. We better go to the world power, which is Egypt, and we better beg them for some food, or we're going to starve to death. So the remaining brothers, I think there were 11 of them, they, they trekked over to Egypt to speak to the Pharaoh, and they were, they were allowed to speak to the Pharaoh's second-in-command, his, his vizier, mm -hmm. who happened to be their brother Joseph that they sold in his slavery. Incredible years. story. Now, they didn't know, they didn't recognize no. him. They all fell down on their knees and their faces and they're, you know, begging him, they're begging him for food. And then Joseph, he says, uh, he tells him, by the way, you know who I am? And they're like, uh, no, sir. And we, you're the second in command. He says, I'm your brother, Joseph, <laughs> who you guys sold into slavery. Oh, my goodness. Terry, I can't imagine what was going on in their oh my, soul. That, it's a great the story. The fear that shocked them. Yeah, you think? When he said that. Oh, yeah. And Joseph, uh, Joseph told him here in verse 19 and 20, Genesis 50, it says, But Joseph replied to his brothers, uh, Do not fear. Can I take the place of God? He says, Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good. See? To achieve this present end, the survival of many people. There you go. And what did Joseph do? He provided for his brothers and their children from being starved. What a cool, what a what a great story to tie in with Bishop Strickland. When we come back, Jess is going to give us an update with his trip to Baltimore, Maryland, and what he saw and some of the interesting conversations he had. Stay with us; you won't want to miss that. We'll be right back after a quick break.
Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess is here, is here, and he's ready to give us a little report. Grand, he, he had the feet on the ground in Baltimore, Maryland. Jess, tell us a little bit about your three days that you were out there uh, praying the rosary. You did a lot of uh, prayer, I'm sure, and preaching. But tell us why you were there and what's going on. Uh, what can uh, Give us an update on that. Yeah, Virgin Most Powerful, we were invited along with about 10 or 12 other apostolates. It was called the Deposit of Faith Coalition. And it was held, it was held over in uh, the Four Seasons Hotel in Baltimore, Maryland. What we had is we we were hosting a press conference with uh, the secular press. We we want the conservative and liberal press. We invited them so that they can hear a presentation, uh, the Coalition of the Deposit of Faith. We brought in three experts on climatology. Okay. Yeah, and 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 there's basically showing that this climate change we're challenging the the climate uh, the uh, the climate change claims yes because they're a hoax yep so we were exposing them with three experts mm-hmm. that they were ac- this is a hoax Terry uh, yeah uh, and we had real scientists and real experts not Marxist mouthpiece right that were presenting in a room full of of press uh, journalists and editors. You had the New York Times there. You had the Washington Post. You had, Good. you had a lot of news agencies that were watching through the, through the internet. Mm-hmm. So, the U.S. bishops were right across the street yes. at the Marriott Hotel. Mm-hmm. They were having their annual meeting, their their uh, their fall general assembly meeting. I think they meet twice a year. I was told. Right. And so, as Catholics, we met and we hosted these three experts. One named Dr. John Clauser. He's a 2022 Nobel Prize laureate in physics. Mm-hmm. Mark Murano, the founder of ClimateDepot.com. And Alex Newman, he's also an award-winning international German journalist. Uh, and he's also uh, exposing the, uh, the climate change hysteria. We brought three experts in the field. And the, the reason we did this is because, as Catholics, we our, our goal with the coalition of faith the deposit of faith coalition Mm -hmm. we want to create an overwhelming amount of information to put out there on the internet to encourage the various members of congress because we have their ears are listening to us yes to cut off the bishop's funds cut off all the funding terry as it relates to climate change and i'll tell you why tell me it's because a lot of people don't realize in our in our church is that the USCCB, they're, they're profiting and they're taking in a lot of money yep. by pushing Democrat Party talking points. For example, you know, in the last time we met there at Baltimore, Maryland, uh, last year's, yep. uh, the U.S. bishops were talking, uh, uh, they, they, were, they were talking against guns, anti-gun, uh, you know, they're mm-hmm. having anti, uh, anti-gun meetings. Uh, they, they, they want open borders. Uh, they're anti-fossil fuel, anti-free speech, and, and so we know that uh, that the liberal Marxist press. We know that uh, if we invited them, what we're trying to let them know is that we as we as Catholics we object to the direction of the U.S. Catholic bishops who are taking and 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 you know. We're asking Congress to defund them, particularly through their appropriations committees, yep. to stop granting 
contracts to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and Catholic Charities that have nothing to do with faith and morals, Terry. These are political policy issues. And as Catholics, we want our church to get disentangled from this. Exactly. That that's all we're trying to do. We don't want our church to, you know, to uh, uh, to be promoting this 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 you know gold green, uh, all the green and great reset scams mm-hmm. and all the LGBTQ agendas. Right. Uh, all and so that's the reason that we were there yeah. for. Yeah. Now, I, I will tell you this: that the people that we brought in, the experts on climate change, on climatology, these guys were real experts. These guys were. I mean, this is what fake science. Uh, and I'll tell you in the last segment of my conversation with the top expert that we had there, his name was Dr. John Klauser. Uh, he's like in his, he, you know, he's got all the Ivy League credentials and, mm-hmm. and degrees and behind his last name. He's taught at all the Ivy League universities in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's, he, tell, he says, I'm a climate change denier. He's a Nobel Prize laureate in physics. Wow. He found an error in, uh, he found an error in Albert Einstein, and he corrected something, <laughs> and so he's been, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this guy's a heavyweight. You think? Yeah, he he's a heavyweight. Oh yeah. And I'll tell you, anybody that sat there in this conference, and you can watch this conference on the internet. It's all been recorded by churchmilitant.com. They they have all the Good. entire conference on the internet. You'll find that Dr. John Klauser, his presentation was good news. There is no climate crisis. Mark Murano, the founder of ClimateDepot.com, his talk was the intentional collapse of our energy, transportation, and food supply. And Alex Newman, the award-winning international journalist, his talk was the weaponization of religion to push climate hysteria. And I'll tell you, Terry, I'll tell you who all started pushing all this decades ago, mm. this, this whole climate change confusion and hysteria. It was Al Gore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His movie, An Inconvenient Truth, that's what got the ball rolling. True. And, and this conference, if you watch this conference on the internet, I can tell you it's a systematic refutation of Al Gore's movie, An Inconvenient Truth. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, climate change, these three experts, they proved it, that it's bad science. They call it science fiction. Mm-hmm. And what it does also... Is because there's a lot of money behind this. Exactly. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of grant money if you start promoting climate change, global warming. And so uh, you also have a lot of politicians that pander to this, to this, you know, oh, yeah. uh, to this green environment religion. And so they come up with misguided policies. For example, AOC, Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, Cory Booker and others. They say that the earth is going to end in 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by the way, we're still here, by the way. Uh, and I'll tell you who this whole climate change. I'll tell you what it essentially does, Terry. It's meant to control us. Exactly. It's just another mechanism to control us. That's all it is. Because climate change has nothing to do with Catholic teaching. Let, let the scientists debate this. It's a hotly debated issue among scientists. The scientists that we brought in, they, they, they crushed the arguments. And also, with all due respect, even if the Pope, I know the Pope's written two, two encyclicals on the environment. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. One in 2015 and one just recently this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are opinions of the Pope on climate change. Those aren't issue. That's not an issue of faith and morals. Right. Climate change, this, uh, this environmental uh, you know, religion, 
It has nothing to do with fundamental Catholic teaching. Climatology is not theology. And so no Catholic is bound to believe anything outside of faith and morals. And I'll tell you who reminded us of that a couple of years ago, and he paid the price for it. Your friend, Terry, Cardinal George Pell. I remember. Yep, I remember it well. Sure. He passed away uh, earlier this year, a few months ago, yep. uh, January 10th of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, may God have mercy on his soul. He was a good man. Yep. But uh, And he also got thrown in jail <laughs> because he was uncovering Vatican corruption, banking corruption. Banking, yep. Yep. So he was thrown in jail. They brought up false allegations. The uh, the modernist St. Gallen Mafia probably brought these allegations against uh, Cardinal Pell. But he won the case. But I remember Terry back in back. He made a statement, uh, I think back in 2015, when the Pope came out with his first uh, environmental encyclical. He says the church is not an expert on science. Exactly. And so Cardinal Pell is letting he this He sure flow. did. I remember it well. Yeah. Yep. The church is, they're outside of their lane and they're talking about this. Now, don't get me wrong, Terry and me, uh, you know, both of us, we think it's a noble thing to, you know, we recycle. I don't throw trash out my window. I don't spit my gum on the sidewalk. I don't, you know, urinate in public. I urinate in the bathroom. So I I, I try to be a good steward of the planet. I I, I get that. Uh, But uh, climate change, that's something different, Terry. That's man-made. It's poor science. It's bad theology. And it's it's anthropocentric. It's man centered. Climate change is, is man centered, not God centered. And there's there's a and all this talk. It, it's really a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. It's meant to advance the phony science and an evil agenda. And behind the real evil agenda is what population control. control. And the sad yeah. thing about it, Jess Romero, you know it and I know it. It's infiltrated into the church, not just the pope. Francis with his encyclicals and writings on this, but we hear it at the local church level. And unfortunately, let's just be honest, the mission of the church is not for recycling. It's for saving souls, not saving plastic bottles. Come on, let's be honest. And that's why we're pushing to say, look, obviously, if this was true, Jesse, we'd, we'd been, you know, we'd been dead. Everything would have ended, but it's not. And so I asked the church leaders, as 2 Canon 2.12 said, give them our opinion on things. Stop preaching about this world and let's talk about the next world and how to get to the next world because life is short and eternity is forever. And that's the problem I see right now with the church is they're talking too much about this world and not enough about the next world. I like the way Dennis Prager puts it. He says, I'm more concerned about the pollution of the soul Mm -hmm. than the pollution of the planet. Well said. I think that's a good way of putting it. I I, I did make the room chuckle a bit, Terry, because there's a lot of journalists and a lot of uh, news agencies that were there, and they're secular. Sure. And uh, and I and I I saw I I kind of broke the broke the ice. I said, uh, just because I'm a Roman Catholic Christian doesn't mean I don't believe in global warming. Yeah. I share your concern, but the wo- global warming that I'm concerned with is the second coming of Christ. Amen. And for those of us in the room that are not in a right relationship with him, you will see global warming. So I, I did get a chuckle from I bet even, you the, did. even the secular news media. They got it. They, got it. <laughs> they know what I was talking about. Sure, that's yeah. great, Jesse. Yeah. So you got the chance to talk to the... Uh, yeah, I was the, the MC, so I could say whatever I oh, want. Oh, excellent. And then, yeah. 
I introduced all the speakers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got a lot of FaceTime with the with the mainstream media, the, with yeah. the press. Thanks. And then uh, and then I also uh, they wanted Michael Vorce was supposed to be there. He was he's basically sure. the, the, the tip yeah. of the spear. Um, he, he took ill, so he wasn't oh, able to go. So they said, Jess, you're going to have to do Michael's talk at the end. I said, what? Me? I'm not an expert in climate. They go, well, t- you speak to the Catholics and stuff and how we have to, you know, relate to this That's issue. Amazing. So, Jesse. Yeah. So I stepped in for Michael Morris <laughs> at the very end. Couldn't think of a better man. Good yeah. Man. And, uh, and yeah. And so some of the things that I just said, I, I spoke to the Catholics as, as I was telling you, I was saying, you know, the real agenda behind this is population control Catholics. That's not, let's not, because you know, bells should go off in your head yeah. when the world's rich and powerful. You know, these guys are social engineers, Terry. These are the ones that are always talking about, you know, they're always yammering about funding these little groups, you know, sure. and, and pushing the governments to take action. Yes. Well, these same rich and powerful people have one goal in mind, yeah. at least in the short term, I, I believe, is to end poverty. How do they want to end poverty? By ending the poor, by depopulating the earth. That's how they want to end poverty. Amen. Gary and Jesse are back, and we are going to have Jesse talk a little bit more about some conversations he's had in Baltimore, Maryland that are fascinating. Stay with us. You won't want to miss that and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess Romero is giving us a great report on his trip to Baltimore, Maryland. And Jesse, what else happened there that's interesting to our listeners? I'll tell you what's going what's gonna to fascinate the listeners yeah. is I had a conversation yeah. with a scientist who's an atheist. Mm-hmm. This guy has so many advanced degrees. I think he got <laughs> every degree known to man. And not only does he have all these advanced degrees, he's, yeah. again, he's a Nobel laureate, right. which means that he's made major breakthroughs in the area of science. And uh, he's he's been respected in the world, in, in the field of science, as somebody who's, uh, the, he's really like the top of the food chain. This guy, this guy could walk into Harvard, Columbia, and uh, people know who he is. I sat across from him in the restaurant uh, in the uh, in the evening yeah. after the conference, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest with you, you know, I was there with a lot of young Catholics, and they're like, "Jesse, you, you got to sit a- across from Doctor Klauser. We we don't want to sit across." People were intimidated him because he was open. He goes, "I'm here talking with you Catholics because I agree with you guys on climatology, fake science, but I'm an atheist, and I think you guys are wrong." So Bring it on. Kind of, he was kind of a he was a vocal kind of a yeah. <laughs> yeah, Terry. You know those old guys. I know. I mean, I'm old Terry. I'm 62, but he's like 82. Yeah. I said, "Doctor, you make me look young." I told him, you know, <laughs> so. So I had the assignment of sitting it. across the table from him. Did anybody record it? I would have loved to hear that. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it happened organically. Yeah. I mean, no, no, but none of us knew he was going to go off on us. Yeah. You know, we yeah. it, it just all of a sudden it happened organic. It would have been the best recording that yeah. that I've ever done in my life had it happened. Yeah. Because so he goes and he. I said, I'm not going to say nothing about his atheism. He's been, he's an invited guest here yeah. by the coalition. He's sure. he's the expert on climatology. But then he started picking on me. So I'm right across from him. And he goes, Picked Jesse, I said, I like everything you had. Because I, I, gave, I, gave I gave up the wrap-up comments. Kind of the, I gave a summation of yeah. the conference. Sure. Like for five minutes. Like the summary bullet points of what all the experts said. Sure. Uh, and then I said, um, 
I said uh, that I believe that part of the whole climate change depopulation uh, religion also includes abortion and contraception. So that's when at dinner he goes, I agree with you, disagree with you, Jesse. We need more abortions and more contraception. We have too many people on the planet. <laughs> so I said, so I let him talk. Yeah. And now the whole table's silent because everybody's intimidated of this guy, yeah. you know? Sure. And, and I said, okay, doctor, I'm going to let you talk. Then you're going to let me respond, right? He goes, okay. So he said, yeah, we got to... We need more contraception. That's why I disagree with you Catholics. We have too many people on the planet. And I said, okay, doctor. So let me talk now. I said, overpopulation, it's a myth. He goes, no, it's not. I said, yes, let me tell you why. And you can verify what I'm telling you. I said, I I can tell the way you're talking. You're you're kind of, uh, you know, you, you have this Malthusian yeah, ideas you chip on your block too. Yeah. He was a Protestant minister back in the 19th century who thought the world was overpopulated. Mm-hmm. And then you got another Protestant who wrote a book and he quoted him to me. He goes, I believe in Paul Ellick, the population <laughs> bomb, Jesse. He wrote that book in 1968 that were overcrowded. And he took his arguments from, from Thomas Malthus. I yeah. said, I know. I know. I said, sure. I said, I'm, I'm very familiar with, with the people you're talking about. I said, doctor, did you know that Paul Alec in his book, The Population Dime Bomb, back in 1968, did you know that he said that all marine life in the ocean would be dead by 1980? Guess what, doctor? He was wrong. He goes, he said that? I said, yep, it's in his book. I said, he was wrong. And, and about population, I said, did you know, and this has been done by a lot of people, Steve Mosher, many other people who are experts in this area, and I gave him some some names and websites. I told him, did you know, doctor, that every human being fits in the state of Texas? We know that because experts like Steve Mosher and others, they've taken on a computer and they've put all 8 billion people in the state of Texas. You know, it looks like little pins, you know, little little pins of of, of, uh, uh, that little 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 pinpricks. On, on the map and everybody still has about a 10 by 10 by 10 foot square space of land to themselves. I said, go on the internet and look that up. I said, 198 countries would be absolutely empty and we could put everybody stuff, everybody in the state of Texas. He goes, Oh, Oh, I never heard that. I said, it's on the internet. Scientists demonstrate this all the time. Incredible. I said, doctor, and you and me flew over here to Baltimore, Maryland. I came from Phoenix. You came from San Francisco. I said, did you notice that when you flew, you left San Francisco, which is pretty crowded, a lot of city lights and traffic, and then you flew and for hours over here, and you're looking down, and guess what? You're seeing nothing but barren land, barren land, empty desert, empty desert. I said, doctor, we are far from overpopulated. You, you know, I'm gonna, you drank the Kool-Aid. Yes, you may be very intelligent on climate change. I said, but you're out of your league here. I said, I'm quoting to you other experts and and they disagree with you. Good. Then he goes. I, I, he said, "Well, uh, as an atheist, uh, I I disagree because uh, there are some things in the Bible that I disagree with." Oh, I said, oh, "Okay, so you another topic." I said, "So you're bringing up the Bible now?" Okay, you brought up. I didn't. I said, "Look at doctor. Um, most people on planet Earth, when you put Muslims." Jews and Christians, Catholics and Protestants together, 
That's the vast majority of people on planet Earth. When you cobble all those three monotheistic religions together, we're the majority on planet Earth. Guess what? All those three religions, you know what we have in common? We all believe in the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis says, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the Earth. I said, 1.5 billion Muslims believe that? Uh, 2.2 billion Christians of every Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox believe that? And all the Jews believe that. I said, uh, and so that's, God didn't tell us to, uh, uh, to, to be fruitful and multiply and then kill your baby or throw them, you know, offer them to the, to the god Moloch or throw them in a volcano or chop them up in pieces at Planned Parenthood. I said, as, as people of faith, monotheistic people, we take that serious. And then he said, well, I believe in science, not religion. So he opened up another Pandora's box. I said, doctor, I said, okay. So you're a scientist, and are you, are, you, are you trying to elude that scientists can't have faith? I said, doctor, I recently read an article, and I'll share it with you. It's on Britannica.com. Let me tell you what the article says. The article says that of the 200, uh, excuse me, of the 300 most respected scientists in the world, 200 of them are Roman Catholic Christian. Did you know that, doctor? He goes, What? I said, okay, I'm going to quote it again. He goes, Britannica says that? I said, yeah. It says, of the 300 greatest scientists in the world that have made major breakthroughs like yourself, I said, 200 of them are Roman Catholic Christian. He goes, I didn't know that. He goes, I'll, I'll have to look at that. Yeah, verify that. Yeah. I said, yeah, please, please do. I said, and doctor, in case you think that Catholics are simple-minded thinkers, I said, Science came from Catholicism. Your field of expertise was given to us by the Catholic Church as a discipline when the Catholic Church opened up the first university in the ninth century. The Catholic Church included, as part of the disciplinary studies, science. We don't run away from science, doctor, because whatever's true comes from God. Scientific truth, biblical truth, historical truth, biological truth, genetic truth, that all comes from God, the source of truth. I said... And so your field of expertise, it, was, it, was, it comes from the Catholic Church because we're the ones that built the university system and we're the ones that included science. So he's looking at me, I said. Who is this, and, Mer- Romero? Yeah, no, I'm telling you, Terry. He's looking at me like, man, is this a setup? They, who is this guy? They're like probably thinking like, I don't know, uh, 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 some ventriloquist, you know, uh, Father Robert Spitzer is, uh, I'm just a puppet and Father Robert Spitzer is speaking through me to this guy because they would take a giant like Father Robert Spitzer to speak to this giant. Oh, yeah. So he, he was, he's like, who is this guy? Who, does this guy have an earpiece like Biden? Are they giving him, telling him exactly what to say from the Vatican or something? So he said, I said, doctor, furthermore, to show you that the Catholic Church is the best friend that science has ever had. I said, the Catholic Church invented the first laboratory. The Catholic Church invented the first, obser- built the first observatory. The Catholic Church invented the telescope and microscope. I said, if you look at all the inventions within science, they were invented by Catholic, a lot of them were Catholic priests. And then he, he, he took kind of a cheap shot. He goes, oh, that's only because you guys have been around so long. I said, well, that's the point, doctor. It's because we're the one true church. That's why we've been around so long. That's funny. Now, here's another one that really, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that really got him. He goes, well, 
Jess, you know, I, I appeal to, uh, you know, you appeal to the church fathers and popes and doctors, and I get that. But I, I appeal to like, you know, Charles Darwin. He's like, he's like my go-to guy. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm glad you brought him up, doctor. I said, so yeah, I know Charles Darwin wrote The Origin of Species, and he's the one that posited the theory of evolution. He never said it was a science. He said it was a theory. But, but I'm glad you brought him up. I said, doctor, did you know that Charles Darwin, he wrote a biography, an autobiography. He himself wrote about him. And did you know that on page 92 and 93 of his autobiography, Charles Darwin says, quote, I deserve to be called a theist. You know what a theist is, doctor? It means somebody who believes in God. In his autobiography, in fact, I'll read the paragraph that Charles Darwin wrote in his autobiography. Another source of conviction in the existence of God, Charles Darwin wrote, that's not a pope, connected with reason and not with feelings, impresses me as much as, as having much more weight. This follows from the extreme difficulty or rather impossibility of conceiving this immense and wonderful universe, including man with this capacity of looking far backwards and far into future, futurity as a result of blind chance or necessity. When thus reflecting, I feel compelled to look to a first cause, having an intelligent mind and in some degree analogous to that of man. And I deserve to be called a theist. Charles Darwin in his autobiography says, I deserve to be called a believer in God. I said, Dr. Klauser, did you know that he admitted he believed in God? He goes, I never read that. All right, page 92, 93 in his autobiography. When we come back, more of Jesse's fantastic trip to Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you, Jesus. We give thanks, almighty, all-merciful, and all-loving God. Yes. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Absolutely. Jess, what a fascinating trip to Baltimore. But I want to ask you, before we go to this topic, I want to ask you about Bishop Strickland, who was there. Tell us about what you saw there with the good Bishop of uh, Bishop America. Yes. My heart broke, Terry. Um, I was in the hotel where we were starting the a uh, deposit of faith coalition press conference with yes. the secular media and uh, Bishop Strickland. I saw him amongst hundreds of other bishops. They're getting off buses and cars and they're going into the, they stood at the Marriott hotel. Yeah. And so he was like, um, I was checking in and he was walking in with like hundreds of bishops. Yeah. It was a, it was just a crowd of people. I don't want to shout across to him. Sure. Um, he didn't see me. I didn't see him. He's talking to other but what I was told when I was there, when they started their meetings, yes. I was told that the apostolic nuncio did not let him in. I bet he didn't. So I, I as during the press conference, I, I looked outside the windows. I'm getting I'm getting every I'm getting ready to because I'm seeing that there's lay lay Catholics that are starting to come to the hotel and they're gathering across the street peacefully with rosaries. Sure. And I saw Bishop Strickland out there with lay Catholics on his knees. Wow praying the rosary in front of the conference that he was not allowed to Incredible. enter. And, and, and I'm seeing him also like pacing up and down with a rosary in his hand and people just following him. And you could see Terry, he looked at, he looked at peace. Yeah. He looked, uh, he looked serene. Yeah. He looked like, it just reminds me Terry of that Bible verse, uh, you know, of Joseph being sold off to slavery by his brothers to Egypt 
It also reminds me in, in mm-hmm. John chapter one, when, when it says, and our Lord Jesus Christ came to his own mm-hmm. and his own received him not. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I, I could just, uh, and the next day I left early when I was leaving early in the morning to come back uh, to Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, Bishop Strickland, he, he walked out there and there was hundreds of other Catholics out there. They were about to start a rosary rally when I walked, when I was leaving uh, back to the, um, back to the airport. But for him, I, I could just tell, I think that he, Terry, he reminded me of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. That's as I looked at him and, you know, as I'm driving from the, the Uber car to the hotel, back to the airport. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at him out the window the day before at the press conference, it reminded me of how our Lord must have felt in the garden of Gethsemane, completely abandoned. Uh, and, and, you know, what it's the first, what is the first sorrowful mystery? Yeah, in his garden, sure. Yeah. And just like Joseph in the Old Testament, Terry, God raised him up and he, he did very important things for salvation history for his oh. people. And he was able to save the Jewish people from starvation. I think God is going to open up bigger doors for Bishop Strickland. Think about this. He was the bishop of a very tiny diocese in Texas, Tyler. I think it's got about a hundred thousand Catholics. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, heck, you got more Catholics just in the San Gabriel oh, Valley. Oh yeah, yeah, in the San Gabriel Valley than he has in his entire diocese. That's right. But now that he's been fired, I mean, I, I, well, let go, fired. Yeah. Call it what you want. He's yeah. gone from 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 his governance. Yeah, not as a bishop. No, he's been fired from his governance as a bishop of Tyler, Texas. Mm-hmm. I think God is going to open doors for him, Terry, because I'll tell you, people are energized when they hear him speak because they hear love coming out of his mouth, charity. They hear kindness, but they also hear truth and they hear the voice of a shepherd. They hear a voice of a person who cares for his flock. Everybody just said, you can't be around him and and just just be drawn to him. You you feel the love of a pastor when he speaks. And so I'll lie. He just turned 65. I don't think we've seen the last of him, Terry. No, and and Jesse, you're spot on. We're going to have a special show on Monday with him. So folks will be able to look on vmpr.org. I'm going to get a lot of feedback from him from his trip to Baltimore, right from the mouth of Bishop Strickland. And just a quick note, it looks like after the Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to be having more shows than just once a week with Bishop Strickland because his duties will allow him to become more of a voice on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, which Jess and I are very honored to have that shepherd on our network. So keep that in your prayers. Jesse, last thing I just want to bring up, because we talked about this at the beginning, the fallout from Pope Francis' suspension of the ordinations by France, France's most faithful bishop. What's that all about, Jess? Well, Terry, you know, there's Dad. there's a word called purge. Yeah, purge. Yeah. In fact, there's even a movie called The Purge. Uh, a millennial movie about uh, like once a year, everybody's allowed to kill people to try to thin out the ranks in the in, in world population. So like one night a year, people are allowed to kill each other. It's called the, the movie is called The Purge. I never watched it. I but never my, even heard of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My 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 young people have told me all about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going on in the Catholic Church, Terry? I hate to say it, but it's uh, truth. Got to be told. Yeah. We're we're watching a purge going on. Why? Well, 
Early on when Pope Francis be, became the Pope, he got rid of who? Cardinal Raymond Burke. Okay? Just removed him. The, the smartest canon lawyer in the world uh, was left without anywhere to govern. Just kind of go ahead and do what you want, like a bouncing ball. Go wherever you want, do what you want, you're out of here. Then Cardinal, George, uh, Cardinal Mueller... Yep, prefect for what, the doctrine of faith. Mm -hmm. He was also dismissed. Just, yep. Yeah, go work at McDonald's, whatever you want to do, get out of here. You're done, get out of here. Uh, again, left without anywhere to govern. I tell you, these are, these are some major thinkers. You had Cardinal Seurat, when he turned 75, <laughs> he was immediately escorted outside of his office. Yeah. Out. Get out. You're done. Okay? Don't come back. Don't let the door hit you behind your back as you walk out. Uh, one of the holiest and most intelligent liturgical experts in the world. Yep. Then... Um, you have uh, Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres from Puerto Rico. He spoke out against, we'll, we'll watch how we say it. He spoke out against the Pope. Yeah. And because he, he told his diocese, don't get uh, the Pope. Guess what happened to him? Yep. He got a phone call. You're fired, dude. Yep. Get out of here. You're done. Then we have what I would call America's pro-life pastor. Father Frank Pavone. Yep. For being vocal against the party of death, for being vocal against uh, uh, the culture of death. Yep. He gets also orders from uh, from Pope Francis. You're gone. And now we have America's bishop, Bishop Strickland, who just suffered the same fate. As Father Frank Pavone, yep. Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres, Cardinal Mueller, Burke, yep. Cardinal Burke, uh, and there's probably others that I don't know about. Yeah. And and now you have over in France, where the Pope is suspending ordinations <laughs> by France's most faithful bishop. This is crazy. And you're the one that was, you've told me a few times that over in France, I can tell you uh, again. yes, half of the people there right. go to the Latin Mass. Right? Half, half of the people that, that go to Sunday Mass go to the traditional Latin Mass. And here we are stopping the traditional Latin Mass. And the bishops are going, we can't do that. Uh, you know, that's still the only ones that are coming. But the Pope <laughs> is, uh, is bent on stopping the traditional Latin Mass for whatever reasons. I, I just find it very uncomfortable to even talk about it because... People are scandalized by this, Jesse. Yeah, Terry, and I'll tell you what, what's more scandalous is that there's a lot of people that are trying to understand what's going on in the culture and in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And so they listen to voices like ours and others. But there are many people in the establishment Catholic world yeah. that are criticizing Bishop Strickland. Yeah. Oh, man, are they criticizing him? They're calling him... You want to hear the one I got? They're calling him Satan's propaganda about Bishop Strickland. He's got two personalities. Are you kidding me? I'm not even going to tell you who, who said that, but there's so much out there criticizing him. I Personally, Jesse, he can take it. And But you know what? It's just sad because we see a faithful shepherd being persecuted by the sheep, not just the shepherds out there, but we have lay Catholics that are going after him like he's the devil in persona. Yep. You're right, Terry. These are, yeah, yeah, I want, I want, yeah, it's horrible what's happening. 
the devil's behind this this complete division. God's going to bring good out of it, brother. Amen. Watch. Romans eight twenty eight. Exactly. Uh, I'm just going to end by what I said to Dr. Klauser, the yeah. famous Nobel laureate sure. in physics. Sure. I told him, doctor, this is the only time you'll probably ever have the conversation with a Catholic like myself. <laughs> I said, you and me are old men. I said, before you die, and 100% of us are going to die in this, in this world, mm-hmm. I said, I'm telling you right now, your PhD and your credentials are not going to save you. Call out to Jesus before you die. Remember this conversation. When I get to my hotel room tonight, I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God gives you the grace of conversion. Mm. And I'm going to keep you in my prayers for the next nine days. Because because you're on dangerous ground. And I'm telling you right now, doctor, you can be saved. I said, please find it within your heart to humble yourself and tell God, I'm sorry for 82 years of atheism. I'm sorry for being have, having such a hardened heart. Uh, Jesus, if you're real. I t- told him, Tom, I yeah. said, look up and say, Jesus, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. I want to know uh, if there's a heaven, I want to get there. Yep. I said, I beg you to do this, doctor. You're an old man. We'll never see each other again. I beg you to ask Jesus if he's real, then reveal himself to you and to save your soul. Remember this conversation hours and minutes before you're dying because Dr. Jesus wants to save you, but you have to reach out to him. If you call him, he will answer and he will forgive your 82 years of atheism. And he looked at me and he didn't push back, Terry. He did did not. And you know what he admitted to me? What? He told me, I'm terrified, Jesse. He admitted at the end. Last thing he said, I'm terrified of dying as an atheist. He goes, and everything that you've told me the last two hours, he goes, it's brought me comfort. That is awesome. Remember Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray. Jesse started that nine-day novena. Let's all of us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio pray for his conversion because at age 82... He's right around the corner. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace, my brother. Oh, and don't good. live in a state of mortal sin. Yeah. Become holy yeah. or die trying. We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. And I want to ask you to come on Sunday, those in Southern California, to our special mass for Bishop Strickland and Pope Francis at 5 o'clock in the afternoon this coming Sunday. Rosary, we'll have adoration. And we're going to show a video of Bishop Strickland defending the Catholic faith that I think you'll enjoy. It's absolutely free. Come and join us this Sunday at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. May God richly bless you. And up next, Dr. Sandoval, you won't want to miss this show. Go get our our, our app by going to vmpr.org to listen to all of our shows. May God richly bless you. And you.